Good evening, everyone. Um, usually we read scripture at this time, but um, we're going to read chapter 25 of the Westminster Confession of Faith, which is the chapter about the church. Um, number one, the Catholic or universal church, which is invisible, consists of the whole number of the elect that have been, are, or shall be gathered into one under Christ the head thereof, and is and is the spouse, the body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Number two, the visible church, which is also Catholic or universal under the gospel, not confined to one nation as before under the law, consists of all those throughout the world that profess the true religion and of their children, and is the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, the house and family of God, out of which there is no ordinary possibility of salvation. Number three, unto this Catholic and visible church, Christ has given the ministry, oracles, and ordinances of God for the gathering and perfecting of the saints in this life to the end of the world, and does by his own presence and spirit, according to his promise, make them effectual thereunto. Number four, this Catholic church has been sometimes more, sometimes less visible, and particular churches which are members thereof are more or less pure according as the doctrine of the gospel is taught and embraced, ordinances administered, and public worship performed more or less purely in them. Number five, the purest churches under heaven are subject both to mixture and error and some have so degenerated as to become apparently no churches of Christ. Nevertheless, there shall always be a church on earth to worship God according to his will. And finally, number six, there is no other head of the church but the Lord Jesus Christ, nor can the Pope of Rome in any sense be head thereof. Very good. So, uh... Welcome to the third episode of Tethered to the Cross. Yes. Can you take a guess what our third episode is about? The church. Dun, 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 dun. The church. <laughs> Very much so. I mean, I don't think we can talk enough about the church. And um, even more so, the Christian should love the topic of the church. Absolutely. Uh, the Christians should enjoy much conversation in regards to the church, the theology of the church, and the purity of the church. So yes, this is a second episode on the church, um, and this is what we're going to be talking about uh, for our uh, 60 minutes of time that we have. Yes. Um, I, just a point of clarity, I know <clears throat> probably, I don't know if we're going to have a listener that's going to probably ask the question why did he read the confession and not the scripture um, I guess just to understand and to be clear that the confessions that we have are basically kind of like a summary of what scripture actually teaches so most of the time when you have the confession such as the Westminster or the the Baptist confession those are those are not um, over scripture those are under scripture mm -hmm. so basically all they're doing is explaining what scripture already teaches yes so there's nothing yes. that we're we're not replacing scripture with the confession by no means so i just wanted to give that little point of clarity just in case 
Absolutely. And I mean, you can also look at two as confessions. No, they're not. They're not um, to be taken in place of scripture. They're uh, set beneath scripture ultimately. Mm -hmm. But you know, they you look at confessions and creeds, and these are things throughout centuries that all Christians come to agree upon theologically. And what they're good for, and honestly, is to kind of, they're kind of like to keep you in the borders of everything. They're like the guard like guardrails rails. on a road, exactly. Yes. So you don't go careening off the highway <laughs> and crashing. crashing. They keep you. Burning. They keep you on the road, basically. Yeah, crashing into the roads of heresy. Of heresy. Oh my goodness. Yes. yes. Absolutely. So they're they're great, wonderful things to read. Um, I know there's some people who are like, oh, I have no creed but Christ, or I, you know, I, I don't need right. any other creed or, but. The, the Bible, Bible is enough. Yes, and uh, creeds, are, creeds and confessions are wonderful things to to look back on and see how our forefathers and uh, the church has um, not only had councils mm -hmm. on uh, to talked about like important doctrines, especially the deity of Christ. I mean, mm -hmm. you look at the Council uh, of Chalcedon and Nicaea. Um, the Nicaea. Um, and all these different councils and talks, even kind of like what me and Anthony are talking about, we're talking about theology. So these are, these are councils that developed to talk about rich theological truths, um, important truths. Like what does the Bible say about um, the deity of Christ, uh, you know, the Trinity, uh, major theological uh, importance mm -hmm. um, and so to look back on those things and to read those things in in, in history and to see um, what other believers confessed mm -hmm. um, it, it helps us to keep in line uh, to what we believe as believers as well so right. there is a necessity uh, to them and it's not necessarily that you are uh, a bad church because you're not a confessional church or you don't uh, read creeds or anything, but they are good and beneficial. They're good. And they're good also because they, <clears throat> they point us to Scripture mm -hmm. because most confessions, they'll have, you know, their, their proof text basically Absolutely. that as you're reading the, the confession, that certain section has certain texts that that part of the confession is found in. Mm-hmm. So it would always point you to scripture. Yes. Like you said, it's the guardrail. So we could say the scripture has the road and the guardrails basically, yep. you know, keep you keep in you that. Going in the that, straight path. In the straight path, exactly. <laughs> um, so I want to read something briefly here. Uh, another little note I have on the church. This is found in my, my um, Reformation study Bible. And the note that it has on the church, it says the church refers to all the people who belong to the Lord, who those who have been purchased by the blood of Christ. Various other images and expressions are also used to define or describe the church. The church is called the body of Christ, the family of God, the people of God, the elect, the bride of Christ, the company of the redeemed, the communion of saints, the new Israel, among others. The New Testament word for church, ecclesia, means those called out. The church is viewed as an assembly or gathering uh, gathering of the elect, which I believe we discussed last week. Mm 
um, those whom God calls out of the world away from sin and into a state of grace. Because the church on earth is always what St. Augustine called a mixed body, it is necessary to distinguish between the visible church and the invisible church, which is something else that we discussed last week. Absolutely. Um, I won't have to give a recap. Though. I know. This is pretty <laughs> much a recap. Um, so in the visible church, consisting of those who make a profession of faith, are baptized and enrolled in membership of the instant institutional church, Jesus indicated there would be tares growing along with the wheat. So though the church is holy, it always in this age has an unholy mixture within it. So not all of those who honor Christ with their lips honor him with their heart as well. Since God alone can read the human heart, the true elect are visible to him, but in some measure invisible to us. So there's that visible church, invisible church distinction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the invisible church is transparent but completely visible to God. And it is the task of the elect to make the invisible church visible. The church is one, holy, Catholic, and apostolic, not Roman Catholic, because I know when I first started coming here and I heard the word Catholic, I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> but the word Catholic means universal, just a point of clarification, and apostolic meaning after the you know, the teachings of the apostles of mm -hmm. Christ. Built on the apostles, yeah. Right. So the church is one, though fragmented by denominations, the elect are united by one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. The church is holy because it is sanctified by God and indwelt by the Holy Spirit. The church is Catholic, and the word Catholic means universal, in that it is, that in, the sorry, in that its membership extends across the earth, including people from all nations. The church is apostolic in that the teaching of the apostles as contained in sacred scripture is the foundation of the church and the authority by which the church is governed. And it is the <coughs> duty and privilege of every Christian to be united to the church of Christ. You want to read that again? It is the duty and privilege of every Christian to be united to the Church of Christ. Can it you is, read that one more time? One more but time, okay. Slowly. It is the duty and privilege of every Christian to be united to the Church of Christ. Amen. It is our solemn responsibility not to neglect the gathering together of the saints in corporate worship, to be under the nurture and discipline of the Church and to be actively involved as witnesses in the mission of the church. The church is not so much an organization as it is an organism. Hmm. It is made up of living parts. It is called the body of Christ. So just as human body, just as a human body is organized to function in unity by the co-working and codependence of many parts, so the church as a body displays unity and diversity through Though ruled by one head, who is Christ, the body has many members, each gifted and endowed by God to contribute to the work of the whole body. Show's over. That's all we have to yeah. say. <laughs> I mean, that, that statement alone is, I mean, that's like the confession is basically pointing us to scripture and explaining what the teaching, the doctrine of the church basically is. Mm -hmm. You know, one body in Christ. Um where we were united to him, united together. I mean, yeah. what more needs to be said? 
yeah i mean that that's that is a wonderful summary of um ecclesiology like right. true the true doctrine of the church and what the church the nature of the church the 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 attributes the marks of the church uh the ministries of the church the purpose of the church all of those are um wonderful things to be discussed and to enjoy uh talking about and that clearly summarized that um you know, like Anthony said, we last week we talked, you know, a little bit about the nature of the church, um, that the church is the invisible church or the universal church in a sense, that it's global. It's not just the church in America, but it, God's gospel is proclaimed to all nations. You know, mm-hmm. he saves um, all people by all tongue right. and color and race. So his gospel <laughs> has no bounds whatsoever it goes to all borders and it's for every human um you know because his 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 gospel and his fame is worthy to be proclaimed to everyone whether they believe or not right and um we talked about just the names and 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 also analogies of the church you know that you know the church is jesus's bride I mean, right. it's it's funny for men to say, "Wow, we're we're a bride," and that Jesus is a groom. But that's just a wonderful display of the intimacy and the marriage of the church right, like in it Christ. Says in Ephesians, um, Ephesians five. Yeah, and we see that the church is also a chosen race. Not only that, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession. Right. Because um, He bought us. Uh, he bought us with His blood. Not only that, but the household of God and a pillar and buttress of His gospel. So mm. there's many analogies um, that describe um, and give like almost word pictures of what the church is. Uh, it's the body of Christ, the temple, the bride, priesthood, holy nation, flock. So there's many things that we can see in Scripture that describe... Um, the church and uh, there's a title of a book put out by banner of truth and it, it if i'm correct it says um the church and it's glorious body radiant bride mm. and it's it might be getting it backwards but i mean just to think that that it's um that christ is has bought us with his blood mm-hmm. he's redeemed us he's sanctifying us through his spirit and he's making us holy he's making us new into new creations um you know destroying and killing the sin and the fallen nature that was so a hold of us because of um that we were slave enslaved to it that it's just it's god is reconciling the world and those that he has elected to himself right and it's a wonderful thing to to be a part of a body that we can rejoice in knowing these things because it's centered around the gospel right and a few things we're going to be talking about um tonight more particularly in this episode uh, we're going to be talking about, you know, the different functions of the church. Um, and on, on, on all honesty, we're going to, we're going to, me and Anthony are going to be talking about 
the things that we enjoy um, specifically in our context of the church that we go to sunrise community church the things that we enjoy Mm -hmm. but also what we see should be should be evident in almost every church and that should be important to christians um so another thing that another thing is too is since we are we are bought and we are redeemed and we are saved and we are set apart um there's a there's an aspect too that the church is here but not here it's already but not yet and we are sojourners we're just passing through we're strangers we're pilgrims this world is not our home home. exiles heaven is our (laughs) home and and when we get together as believers in the church in the body and as we're sitting under the word as we're preaching the word as we're praying the word we get a foretaste foretaste of the greater thing to come which is heaven where we spend eternity and we so we're pilgrims in this world we're passing through to the greater promised land which is heaven and we enjoy walking with the lord and doing his will now here on earth yeah but we look forward to something greater in the future and that's the thing is that like we already know where our home is we already know where we are going but here in the now as pilgrims we have a message we're Mm. heralds of the gospel of jesus christ and we are here to proclaim that to the nations to our family members to our co-workers um as long as we have breath yeah as long as we're here on this earth i mean it's uh uh i just wanted to share a uh, what is it Ephesians 4 here it says I therefore a prisoner for the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness with patience bearing with one another in love so we're called to bear with one another I mean we're we're called out of the world Ecclesia and mm-hmm. then we're called into a community with each mm-hmm. other you know bearing with one another in love and <clears throat> eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace I know I probably read the scripture last week, but it it, so be, it bears repeating. So what? <laughs> you know, this part, this part is my favorite one. It says, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Absolutely. So that's a beautiful picture of the unity of the church, of where we're all pretty much united in Christ, not only united in Christ together, but united in Christ to God as well. Mm. So it's like, a, you know, um, the church is a, like a family. Yeah. You know, even with uh, in the Old Testament in Israel, it was was a, a foreshadow of what we have now in, in and through Christ. So we see, you know, they had the law but we have the perfect fulfillment of the law who is Christ. And so we have that more, I guess, intimate mm-hmm. relationship with, with God through the church, with each other. And that love overflows from God through Christ, through his spirit to us, to all of us throughout the church. And then through the gospel, we, we share that love also to the world by, by sharing the gospel with others and proclaiming to them that love that God had for us, that he sent Christ to die on our behalf so that they can too also be part of this 
fellowship and family that we have mm. through Christ. Mm. So, Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. So, uh, just a side note, if you guys hear background noise, I promise you there's nobody dying in the background. No, it's just we're, our youth service. Doing this, doing, doing this youth group. <laughs> so, if you hear that, mind my, 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 my the youth. They're, they're having fun. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's a wonderful, beautiful thing to be a part of church, to rejoice in, in this. So, let's talk about a little bit of, of um, how God uses the church um, and different functions that he uses um, and what I mean by that is God uses ordinary means of grace mm-hmm. so you may ask what God has given to the church that is means of grace and and I want to and I want to stress something it's not a fog machine it's not it's not lights it's not like a rock concert it's not a rock concert it's not <laughs> The amount of um, illustrations you can use to to keep your attention for the ten seconds that we have. Oh, on a side note, yeah, I can I can attest to that because I remember when we used to do uh, children's church back at the our old church without walls, and our motto was five to stay alive. So basically, <laughs> we had to have five props and five illustrations, something like that to i guess basically keep the kids attention mm-hmm. so they don't go running around <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's it's not that it's not five to stay alive you know it's not props it's not fluff it's not uh it's not sugar coated gossip it's not sugar coating it's not uh scratching itching ears yeah you know god uses and ordinary it's not, means it's not even a stellar worship band either it's not, you know, it's not somebody that we, it's not the perfect songs. No, it's the ordinary means. God uses ordinary means. And you may ask what these ordinary means are. Um, and there's there are a few. And it's the ministry of the word. It's through prayer. It's through administration of the sacraments. And, and this discipline of believers. So these means are God's ordinary means of grace. And this is how God, God uses these means to nurture, to build up, and mm-hmm. to strengthen believers um, in the gospel, to grow believers in the word, uh, to, to strengthen believers in, in, in their walk. Um, so God uses the ministry of the word to grant us new birth and sanctification. Mm-hmm. So Peter, if you recall in 1 Peter 1, 23, Peter tells his readers that you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed, through the living and abiding word of God. Mm. So God's word is living and active and has the power to cut through our hardened hearts mm-hmm. and deadness and grant us new life. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of, what is it, Ezekiel? Um, let, or, always, is it Ezekiel? I, I can't remember. 38 or 28, or the valley these, of the dry bones. Yeah, let these bones live. Put flesh on it. And this is what the Word, along with the Spirit, does. Is It gives yeah, life to our dead and hardened hearts, and it grants us new life. Um and Paul called 
Timothy and his church through him to give himself to the ministry of the word. That is the role and the primary role role of the pastor is to proclaim and preach the word of God. Um, he even says that... <coughs> 37, Ezekiel 37, I'm sorry. Ezekiel, Ezekiel 37. <laughs> <laughs> we are not professionals. No. <laughs> so if you look at 1 Timothy 4.13, he says, Until I come, you know, he says, give himself to the ministry of the word. This is what he's charging and exhorting Timothy to do, is to proclaim the word to his church. Um, so in, 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 in addition to the ministry of the word, the, sacrament, the sacraments mm. serve to strengthen us in the gospel. So what are the sacraments? We look at baptism and the Lord's Supper that mm. are found only in the church and only for believers. So baptism serves as a sign and seal of our union with Christ in his crucifixion and re- resurrection. Right. Um, Romans 6, 1 through 5. And until Christ's return, the Lord's Supper proclaims his death to, to, to believers and unbelievers alike, serving as a means of grace to our souls. Mm-hmm. So as believers, these means we grow in holiness and Christ-likeness. Mm-hmm. So and lastly, um, prayer. Prayer is the offering up of our desires to God, which the Lord uses. Mm-hmm. To conform our wills to His own, and so, and we pray um, the priorities of the Lord's prayer, and we we increasingly pray according to God's will, and united in Christ, bearing His name, so we can um, just our hearts and our minds and our affections can be focused on the will of God and His glory. So God uses each of these means, the word, the sacrament, and prayer to grow us in grace. Excellent. So um, going back to uh, what you were saying about prayer and conforming our will to His and for the longest time, you know, and not to get off on a tangent like this, but for the longest time, can we like touch on what prayer is not? Yeah. I mean, we uh, understand yeah, that like, like you just perfectly explained what prayer is that we're com- like, we're not praying to God to God get is not what, our genie <laughs> right. in a bottle. We're not, it's not, we're praying to God to get what we ask for. Um, not to get our 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 will to be done. Yes. Um, like the Lord taught us to pray um, that we 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 regard God as as holy, mm-hmm. and we pray for His will to be done. Yeah. So, you know, it's not positive confession or or decreeing and declaring and things like that. Because mm-hmm. I see. Um, because I, I came up like that. That was my, my background. Like that, that's what we thought what prayer was, is because we had uh, whatever you, you know, Christ says that whatever you ask for in my name. Yeah. So we would just ask for outrageous things. And yeah. just because we put in Jesus' name, 
you know, sign his name to that to that check, that he's obligated to cash that check. So that's not what prayer is. No. No. And you might even ask, like, well, like, well, what is a good how? Then how do I pray properly? You might ask. So, mm -hmm. like, something that we did did at sunrise is a great little um, exercise. Is mm -hmm. is the acronym ACTS. Acts. So you've got adoration, you've got confession, mm -hmm. and then you've got thanksgiving, mm -hmm. and then you've got supplication. Right. So this is a kind of a, a template that you can use um, on, you know, adoring who God is, coming before God, because that's how we, how we need to do, is we need to have come before God with adoration because He's holy. Mm -hmm. He's a holy, just God, and He is sitting on his throne in all splendor and glory and we should be on our knees before him and, mm -hmm. and complete thanksgiving to him so we um, come before him and worship we come before worship him and worship him for who he is yes not necessarily what he's done for us in a sense because that falls under the thanksgiving part mm -hmm. so for who he is and and i mean you can think of like Think of his attributes mm -hmm. you know he's he's his holy holiness, he's his just, steadfast love his yes. kindness his, you know, his mercifulness, his, mercy, his, his grace. Things, think of the things that um, are about God, of his attributes. Um, and secondly, it, that adoration should lead us to confession that we are, we are before a holy God and we are unworthy sinners. So in us, in adoration and worship to God and confessing who he is, we see that contrast as far as he, who he is infinite being, finite being high and lifted up and who we are dust yes <laughs> yes that he is infinite eternal we are not yeah he's holy and we are not yes. so i see where that kind of mm -hmm. leads into that and in our adoration to god we we're lifting him up and seeing and confessing who he is and all his attributes confessing and we see that contrast as to who we are not so that brings us to that part where we're confessing yes our sin and our inadequacies and, yeah, and, that, and that's the thing is the first thing is first is, is right. always remembrance of who god is that he is he is infinite mm -hmm. he is He's above all, and we are finite beings. We're sinful creature, creatures, mm -hmm. and He is holy. So, having that right, that right set of mind when we pray, um, obviously doing in the spirit of truth, but understanding most importantly that it's that we're approaching God. Right. Um, we need to be honest with God about who we are. That's confessing our sins, confessing that we do fall short of the glory of God. We do sin against God every single day. Right. Um, though we desire to have repentant hearts, though we desire to pursue that, we still sin. We still need to confess our sins before God. Right. Um, but God, even though He's infinite and He is above and He is holy, He's also a condescending God, mm -hmm. and He's shown that through His Son. He's merciful. And he's merciful. And that gets into the next thing of what we are thankful for. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. We're thankful okay. because we're not still dead in our sins and transgressions. Right. We're thankful for Christ and the gospel that he has brought. You know, his, because he his showed us his grace, work. which is he showed something us that's grace. undeserved. Yes. Right. So we have much that we can be thankful for of what 
Christ has done for us, mm-hmm. um, that He bore the wrath of God. And I'm trying to just give examples that we can be thankful that He bore the wrath of God, that He um, stood in our place, that He not only that He stood in our place, but He's in heaven now, pleading on, interceding and pleading on right. our behalf um, to the Father, and He's, you know, He's. He's ascended, he's, resur- he's resurrected, he's ascended, and he will return again and to mm. rejoice and be thankful in those things because none of us could do that on our own. Right. We're thankful for that, that it was completely Christ and Christ alone. It is finished. Um, it is finished. And then you get into, <laughs> lastly, because of Christ, that we as Christians can be like the child of a king that can wake him up at three in the morning for right. a glass of water <laughs> that we can bring our supplications to him because he does love us that mm. he does hear our prayers god okay. is god is not a a deistic god or not a deistic god he's not he's he's not in the world view of deism where he just created created everything now he's just sitting there staring at his belly buttons <laughs> I guess that's. A, I guess that's. Well, a I I don't know who I heard that. that from, but it's you know that's what I heard someone describe a deistic God as as far as just make everything and then just go sit there and just stare at your belly button while everything just yeah goes on its own. Yeah. Um, no, he's he's a God who sits on his throne who knows from the beginning to mm-hmm. the end to everything because he's omniscient. He knows all, and he hears. The prayers of his people, mm. and he listens. Right. Doesn't mean he's going to answer what we, you know, what we ask in our supplication. Because in his wisdom, he knows. He knows what's, what's what we best need, right? What he needs. What's best, and most importantly, what we need is him, mm. and to know him above all things. Above all things, Amen. absolutely. And so you get into supplication. You get into the fact that it's it's yes, God knows our needs. I mean, he you see this clearly in how um you know when jesus is talking about the par- you know the parables of um you know how the father feeds the sparrows and, mm-hmm. and and dresses the lilies and you know i mean if god can take care of creation he even more so nurtures and takes care of us he knows our needs he knows mm-hmm. what we need more than what we we think we need i mean we think we need to have some of the most ridiculous things that are completely uh, bad for us <laughs> in the long run that that don't that that honestly don't have an everlasting effect. Right. Um, I think he has in mind what's what's best for us, like for what's best for our eternal good. Yes. As opposed to what's temporal, because we always have our mind on temporal things. Absolutely. Because we're temporal beings. Yes. But he knows. In his infinite wisdom, he sees everything. Yes, and knows the end from the beginning. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and just and that and, and prayer is is it is vital. It is so much that we need to be in commune with the Father because we're so dependent on Him. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's. Um, I didn't mean to get us into a discussion about prayer. No. I just wanted to, I guess, like in our. And what we do, I know we're speaking to each other, but we're mm-hmm. also speaking to an audience. Yes. And God and His sovereignty, we don't know who would re- we would reach. And so, yes. I guess this discussion would 
help someone like i bring up the subject like myself i for me prayer was asking for what i wanted from god because i had the idea that god was my heavenly father since he's our heavenly father and we're just and i was a spoiled brat that would kick and scream and ask <laughs> what i what i wanted and if i didn't get what i wanted i'd throw a tantrum and you know but i guess in understanding the the acronym acts and i guess giving a explanation of it it kind of gives that um how do i say it uh i guess explanation yeah but more like of a, a template too. of a template and it and it flows one from the other the adoration to the confession to the thanksgiving mm -hmm. to the supplication all of that flows together and it's a i guess a proper way of understanding what prayer is and if there's anyone listening to to know that they learned it and now they know and yeah you know and also i want to encourage you too you, you you don't have to be a monk when you pray you don't have to be the one of those that prays <laughs> on his knees for two hours straight Man, i don't mean, have to shave my head look like i mean look at martin luther i mean he right he you know he prayed consistently but they were short prayers mm -hmm. you know god god knows our heart god knows our needs it's just the fact that we continually be in commune commune with him mm -hmm. um through prayer so i mean i'm glad that you brought that up yeah and i hope that i hope that encourages you those, those that are listening that you know there is there is a there is a right way that we need to pray mm -hmm. you know like i said god is not something that somebody that we just ask that he meets our needs and gives what we what we need. He's not he's not a genie. No. And um, he's not there just to meet the things that we want. And he's not there to just bend. Um, we're not our prayers don't bend his will his will mm -mm. like a, a lot of people think. And that and that's not. It's more of more or less we pray to God that our wills would bend towards His, mm -hmm. that our my, our wills would be shaped towards His. So that's 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 a vital thing of of why we meet for the church is is that we grow in holiness and God in grace. Mm -hmm. God uses these means, and we encourage each and other in things like this. How He builds His church too. Yeah, like discussions like this, or we have about prayer. That's something that we do. In the context of of the church, mm -hmm. I mean, we can't really have a discussion with prayer with someone outside of the church. I mean, we can, but they wouldn't know. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. that's for us, those who believe. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, you have something. Go ahead. Okay. No, I just wanted to, I guess, uh, kind of to wrap up the discussion of prayer, and and this is how the Lord taught us to pray in uh, Matthew chapter six. Um, Matthew chapter 6 verse 5 and following says and when and when you pray you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at street corners that they may be seen by others truly I say to you they have received their reward but when you pray go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you and when you pray do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. And then he says, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we 
also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So the Lord himself gave us basically the template to pray. Mm. And I believe it does follow that that same Absolutely. acronym acts. Because it starts with God in heaven and goes on from there. Most definitely. So, yeah. yeah. And too, like, and these, God works in growing His church through the Word and through the Spirit, and and I'm adamant about the fact that there's no there's no other way that He grows His His church, and it's by the by the Word through the Spirit, and He uses these ordinary means, and it, it is ordinary means because it's nothing that we think we need to do something spectacular to grab to gather a people to the church um we don't need to do that we need to be faithful to what god has already given us in scripture mm -hmm. and he uses these and and it's not necessarily that i'm not saying and i don't want you to hear me saying that baptism saves you i'm not saying that nor am i saying that communion saves you these are visible displays of the gospel you know, like I was saying, baptism serves as a sign and seal of our union with Christ and His crucifixion. And um, the Lord's Supper proclaims His death to believers and serving as a means of gospel grace to our souls. Mm -hmm. um, and they're to help us to grow in holiness and to grow in Christ-likeness. Mm -hmm. um, and we're commanded in Scripture to, to be baptized. We're also commanded... Um, in, in scripture too to to do communion as do it as often as you remember it and i mean there is some guidelines too is communion is not for unbelievers mm -mm. communion is also not for the unrepentant brother who has is living That's in sin right or has a bitterness towards um a brother or a sister in christ no it's it's there for those that live a life of repentance, mm -hmm. and that's the thing. It's not. It's not necessarily the the gate is closed to Christians, mm -mm. but it's open to those that have repented of their sin, who have right. trusted in Christ. Um, it's wonderful to to have that picture because it's like God is so gracious to us that even when we we have sinned, He doesn't shut the door in our face and say, "Nope, you're out." Yeah, you know, He gives us that opportunity to come to Him and. And like you said, to repent, you know, and ask that forgiveness. And we have that through his, you know, through his grace. And that's yeah. a wonderful thing that we, that we have in Christ that we don't have to always every week. Um, <laughs> like I used to do constantly going back every week and uh, rededicating my life to the Lord. Yeah. But to know, you know, that, that, that love that Christ, that God has for us through Christ, that he, when we sin, he still has the door open to us. Yeah. And all we need to do is just repent and turn away from our sin and just come to Him. Another thing that I want to talk about too real quickly um, is church discipline. Church discipline is another means of God's grace. Is the fact that God's church, it is His church, He's the Lord of the church, and He's given 
discipline because God disciplines his children mm-hmm. as a, a means of grace because purity and holiness is what matters for the matters to God. God is purifying and making his church holy. He's mm-hmm. giving Christ his bride. He's not giving a bride that is still um, continuing their sins with an unrepentant heart. No. Right. Christ bought this bride and he's growing them in holiness. And that's why it matters is that believers who are part of a church, that they, that they have elders that are keeping watch over them, that they're mm-hmm. not saying, hey, why are you living in this life of sin? Why are you? And it, it's not something that we, we make public to the members of the church, mm-hmm. but we want the members to know that the holiness of the church matters, that mm-hmm. the purity of the church matters. It does matter. And to have elders that are watch over us, that are in community with us, that are saying, hey, man, you need to stop doing this because mm-hmm. this is not a godly lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Right. And the, the, and that's the thing is, is with with church discipline, it's many conversations that you would have with the elder. Yeah. Slowly, and leading and hoping that the person who is caught in sin would come mm-hmm. to repentance and and come back to the flock to enjoy the membership of the church. Right. So it's it, the purpose of church discipline is for the holiness of church mm-hmm. because holiness should matter to the Christian. Well, God, the Lord says that he, that we are to be holy as He is holy. Yes, that Deuteronomy, yeah. absolutely. Right. You know, He says that you you should be holy for I am holy. Right, and not that we are like the like the the instant we come to Christ that we are we're automatically holy. But we're being made. It's a it's a process, right? It's a sanctification. Mm-hmm. Is a is a progressive, yes. um, being made into into um, into the image of Christ and being made holy. Yes, and I'm not saying either, too, that I want you I want you to be clear of is I'm not saying that you have to be holy, um, you know, this holy 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 person before you become a member of a church. No, I'm saying that as a Christian. Holiness should matter to you because you want your life to be mm-hmm. pleasing and acceptable to, to God. Um, so well, that's, that's also the, our, the regeneration of our hearts when we when we hear the gospel and we're convicted of our sin, and the Holy Spirit changes our, our hearts and we confess our sin and we repent and we come to the Lord and we put our faith in Him. Um, it's the that's that's the beginning process of it where the Holy Spirit starts to work on our hearts and sanctify us and. Mm-hmm cause us to to turn away from our sin and like we don't have the same feeling towards sin yes that we used to yes because we don't desire those things anymore now we have a desire for for holiness and righteousness we want to to live our lives to please the lord we don't want to live our lives to please ourselves anymore Mm -hmm. even though some of that does still remain in us yeah right yeah, absolutely, and that, and that's the thing is, is if if the church is full of people that are living in in unrepentant sin, uh, you know, it, it's not going to be a healthy church whatsoever. Mm. It's going to be a church that is that is given to the world. Um, I mean, and, and you can look in Revelation, Christ, you know, Christ talks about the lukewarm church. Christ talks about churches that are are living in sin, and mm. you know, he 
specifically we talked about the lukewarm church that he spits out of it, spits out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, so holiness matters to God, and the purity of the church matters to him, and that's why it's he uses these means ultimately for uh, and their means of grace um, to grow the Christian in holiness and Christ likeness. So um, with the remainder of the time that we have, I kind of want to talk mm-hmm. about. Um, Anthony, like, what is what is something that you, like, what are the things you see in a church? Uh, like, say, like, like, for instance, you mm-hmm. come into Sunrise. Yeah. First off, you know, you come, walk in the doors. What is something that you're looking in to a church that you see that a church that's essential for a church for a church that a church should have? Um. First and foremost, I know for me when we you know came out of what we came out of and the lord changed us and saved us um i know the first thing i wanted to find was a church that taught scripture like for real (laughs) (laughs) like not not taking one verse out of context and then putting a little uh story to it Mm -hmm. and you know like the like most American churches are these days. Actually like preaching the word. Actually preaching the word, teaching the word, expositing the word, um, even though at that time I didn't know what expositing meant or exegeting and all that stuff. I didn't know that. I learned that here. Yeah. But that's what I, I, once the Lord changed my heart, that's what I was craving. Mm-hmm. I was craving to know his word and to know what his word meant and for it, someone to explain it to me and to teach it to me and to break it down to me and to give it to me as it is. Mm. And so that's one thing that I look for in the church. And another thing that actually drew me in and I guess anchored me was the love that was shown to us when we got here. Mm. I can you relate know? to that. I yeah. remember the love that we were shown to us when we got here was like, oh, this is yeah. This is wonderful. Because I know some churches, especially a lot of big churches, there's so many people. Sometimes people get lost in the shuffle. Yep. You know, sometimes the greeter is greeting so many people that they might greet the wrong, you know, not want to greet anymore. <laughs> right. So it feels superficial. Like you, you walk in to a church and you feel that genuine love and they're like welcome and they shake your hand and they give you the the uh, we get a the bookmark and you, you just when I first got here I felt that love you know what I'm saying so yeah. I felt welcomed here and I felt you know but the main thing was the word that was the one main thing that I that I wanted more than anything yeah. else yeah yeah even even more so too the to add to the to that is the importance of the word is is sound theology sound theology like sound, that's it sound biblical doctrine because i don't want to be fed garbage right <laughs> yeah um, i don't i don't want i don't of... want my it my ears scratched i don't want my itching ears to scratch i don't want someone to tell me how you know god's gonna make me successful and you know and and how yeah. wonderful my life is gonna be if i only ask jesus into my heart and all these good wonderful things because you know what been there done that bought the shirt returned it and didn't get my money back yeah, and those things, those <laughs> things are not you know what I mean? sufficient the word of god is sufficient they're so insufficient like we we it was very surface level shallow yeah right you know 
Anyway, so it, it yeah. is, it, it, what, what I mean by sound biblical doctrine, I mean to know God rightly, mm-hmm. to know God truly, mm-hmm. um, and, and who God is rightly proclaimed and truthful, truly compl- proclaimed in His Word. And that, and that is something that is, that is important um, not only to Anthony, but to me. Right. Uh, you can worship Him rightly. If you know Him yeah. rightly, you can worship Him rightly. Yes. If you don't know that, Him rightly... You, your worship's going to be, yeah. you're offering strange fire. You're going to be like uh, uh, um, Nadab and, and Abihu <laughs> yeah. getting burned up. Yep. <laughs> and, that, and that's the thing is, is like, like, good, like everything goes through our head and it overflows through our heart. So mm-hmm. right, right knowledge of God, you know, true doctrine in our head leads to our hearts that, re, that leads out to, to doxology, mm-hmm. to leads to worship to true and right worship that God deserves, um, that God is worthy of. And also that leads to orthopraxy that leads us to um, godly living living and Mm -hmm. rightly living uh, that we may um, serve and and give to our neighbors um, because our our works, uh, the works that the Holy Spirit gives us is the works for our neighbors and not necessarily ourselves. There's not works that we... not that the works that we do, the good works that we do, you know, add to our account and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, our good works save us. No, no, by no means. It's not our works that save us. It's Christ that saves us. But the works that we do are for the glory of God. Yeah. That, that men would see our good works and, and glorify our God in heaven, mm-hmm. our Father in heaven, because of them. Yeah. Um, so we look at yeah. we look at a church that we that we wholeheartedly believe that is a biblical sound church is a church that is centered around the word of God. Mm-hmm. That the pulpit, the word of God, is the center of the whole ministry of the whole service. We, you know, we sit under the word, we sing the word, we pray the word, um, because the word is the word is essential. And we look at the as as the the ordinary means of grace that I was talking about, those those are important things too that that we look into um, at a church. And that what I admire about Sunrise, mm-hmm. I'm also admire about Sunrise too, is that it's it's run by a plurality of elders. It's not just at it's not just Adam's church or it's not just Andrew's church. Mm-hmm. Um, it's by a plurality of elders who God has given to the church to keep watch over and to and to serve and to protect. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, through accountability as through, well. Yeah, they have a greater accountability to that. That God has given us as a gift um, that we uh, may all have joy in. Mm-hmm. Um, also, too, is is the the fellowship. You know, I, I can relate to Anthony when I first walked in uh, to Sunrise. I mean, Kathy Zacone was, and Jerry later on, but Kathy Zacone was one of the first ladies that greeted me and it was Mm -hmm. like she's like the sweetest lady ever Mm -hmm. and getting a hug from another lady too when i first walked in was mary jane yeah it was miss terry that greeted us it was all yeah miss miss terry is (laughs) she's the best reader ever (laughs) and i'm just just sucking up miss terry (laughs) and just that 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 fellowship (laughs) and and true fellowship it's not superficial it's the fact that they want that these people that come here are 
are brothers and sisters in Christ and they make you feel like you're family. They make mm-hmm. you, they empathize with you. Um, great example of what we talked about last week of uh, Joella Merka of, oh, yeah. of a true intimacy and communion that we have with other believers that understand that the, what we have in common is the gospel, that we are sinners in need of the grace, but we're, we're united because of Christ, but mm-hmm. we're all here to sit under the word, um, to proclaim the word, and to make God's glory be the glory of the city. Yeah. And we do that in fellowship with one another. We do that by submitting to the elders. We do that by sitting under the word. And we do that by partaking in these ordinary means of grace. And that's, to me, what makes up a good church um, yeah. and a faithful church. So, I mean... I want to encourage you guys so you know I would hope if you are looking into church that you would you would consider these things and, and and to be honest with you I mean we could spend the remainder of our time of talking about the things that we that are bad about a church right um, because both Anthony and I have been in those yeah and maybe you are in one I don't know but I would encourage you to find a church that is centered on the word of God, that their mission, their glory is that God's fame and, and his name would be proclaimed um, and magnified, um, that there is real fellowship, that there is a real pursuit of holiness, mm-hmm. um, but it's believers that are united around the gospel because we are all sinners in yeah. need of Christ. And It should point you to Christ. Mm-hmm. It should point you to Christ. Above all things, it should point you to Christ. If you go to a church, uh, I guess I could say that Spurgeon said it, but it's not not finding a church that's near to your, near to where you live, but find a church that's near to the Scripture. Yes. You know, find a church that's finding... that, that preaching that's preaching the Scriptures, that's teaching the Scriptures, that's expositing the Scriptures, and, and explaining the Scriptures, not just taking a verse out of context and giving whatever random story they want to, you know. Uh, uh, say mm-hmm. but it it needs to point you to the god of the scriptures yeah and the role of the pastor and it should matter to the pastor is your holiness right and you growing in the knowledge of the lord they're not there to entertain you and they're not there to just get your money out of you they're there <laughs> and their purpose is to proclaim the word of god faithfully to you and to encourage you to grow in holiness and sanctification yes sir so we love these things about the church we encourage you guys to, to delve in these things more deeply um, to if you're going to a solid church encourage your pastor love on your pastor mm-hmm. who's faithful love on your elders pray for them encourage them come alongside them ask um, questions give them raises no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ask well, questions I mean if yes. you if you're if you're not in a church and um, you know find one near you that's that's a bible preaching bible believing church and and ask questions don't be afraid to ask questions you can even ask us questions we have an email uh, email us um and uh we'll let you know tether to the cross at gmail.com um also we can give you some good book recommendations uh of church um there's nine marks uh nine marks valley church what's Mark the uh Dever. the other one that uh, gospel coalition mm-hmm. yeah 
those two uh, sites can point you towards churches in your area. Um, and yeah. Please feel free to reach out to us. Uh, reach out to us. Guys, hope you we have a great week. <laughs> and thank you for listening. Thank you.